This episode of the Major Issues Podcast is brought to you by Comic Book Click at tpublic.com. Visit tpublic.com slash user slash comic book click to get exclusive one-of-a-kind merchandise including shirts, stickers, and phone cases all designed by us. Get your hands on the latest and greatest in comic book merchandise by going to tpublic.com slash user slash comic book click. And remember, you, yes you, are worthy. Issues podcast brought to you by Comic Book Click, and as always, I am never alone, sir. Please introduce yourself. I'm your Black Science Dad, Gregory Thomas, aka GT Rebirth. <laughs> GT Rebirth is here in studio. We're out on the other end of the tunnel, brother. We're past episode yes. 100. This is the new, newfound land. This is the new future, the scary future. This future is scary. <laughs> and uh, you know, we decided. That it would be really, really cool. We'd like to tackle a lot of the latest and greatest things that come to comic books and comic book media. We have some major stories coming up. We got, we're going to be covering Kingdom Come, Crisis on Infinite Earths, hopefully getting to uh, War of the Realms, some of the big comic book stories that from the past, present, and the future. But with Terminator Dark Fate out, and unfortunately not doing so hot. No, not doing <laughs> so hot at all. I wanted to see... Um, other ways they try to uh, continue the story, the 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 well fabled story of the Terminator, um, and that leads us to a crossover comic that took place in the two thousands called Terminator versus Oh sorry Superman versus Terminator Death to the Future. I thought that was like a Back to the Future kind of reference, but I'm not hundred <laughs> percent sure. Um, before we get into the comic, I thought we could talk a little bit about Terminator because. For the most one, for the most part, without this comic, we'd have absolutely no reason to talk about the Terminator on absolutely this podcast. Not. Probably <laughs> not. What, no. And that's what these weird crossover. Although there are there us. are a few Terminator comics. That's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing they've been uh, Dark Horse has been publishing majority of them since 1988. I I have found that a lot of popular movies or television do find themselves with some sort of comic extension because it is a uh, a cheap way to uh, cash in on a brand. I'm curious about Relatively that. Relatively cheap, anyway. I'm curious about that. Have you gotten into any? Um, have you, have it, has there been any that's been... Um, I heard that the Vader one is actually pretty good. I haven't gotten to it yet, but I've, I've heard that as well. I have, I've dabbled in some Star Wars comics, but never too strong. Um, there's also stuff like... Uh, there was a Firefly comic that came out after that show got canceled. Okay. I've never seen the show or read the book, but I've, I, I heard about that one. There is a... Um, there's the big Injustice comic book that happened yeah. with the coming out of the game, and that book got a, a lot bigger than anyone expected it to be. Uh, it did, honestly. I think that's probably one of the biggest ones. Like, considering... it, it is. It is kind of the benchmark now. It's just like you've got to be Injustice or better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but like you said, it should. The story should warrant you trying to continue it, as opposed to you just yes. pulling ideas from um, all kinds of places and. We're also this this period here is also a kind of 
up and down period in comics, the 2000s, especially mm. for DC. Mm. Um, so we we're introduced to a lot of cool, uh, a lot of cool designs, a lot of weird continuity things that are going on, stuff that I had to look up. But um, that sounds very much like uh, the confusion. What, what that, is? Cause I'm assuming these sorts of things happen every year. I haven't really looked at the past. Like, is there a big 2000s event? When's Kingdom Come? Isn't Kingdom Come in 2000? But I don't consider that's an event. That's probably a, a one shot, not a one shot, but a Elseworlds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a non-canon like just super comic. <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming like oh, like because I think of uh, JLA around 2000. Okay. Um, so Tower of Babel. Interesting. Pre all that kind of stuff. Pre Morrison right. getting on the Justice League in 2000. Um, but I can't remember. Because there's always, I feel like there's almost always some interesting kind of like big. Big comic, <laughs> yeah, you know whether it's the the final crises or the if or the, the um what do you say the secret wars type things, you know yes uh, the blackest nights when the, yeah I think that's new fifty two isn't it yes 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 it is um but there's always like a lot of interesting things um this this these movies present like. My favorite little trope that came out when we came, when Justice League came out, by the way, uh-huh. which is the Black Science Dad. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Do, do you notice the the connection? Now let me hear it. Uh, Miles Dyson in Terminator Two is also yes, Daddy Stone in Justice League. You're right. No, you're right. hundred percent. But also, Miles Dyson in the Sarah Connor Chronicles is also Daddy Stone in Doom Patrol. Oh yeah, you're right. Wow. We've got two actors that we allow to play Black yeah, Science yeah, Dad. Black Science Dad. Holy hell. <laughs> um, you know what? That's another thing we can talk about uh, off the top. When you think Super, when you think Terminator, do you mm-hmm. think Superman? Like in the, in the lexicon of everything that DC has at his disposal, what do you think would have probably been a, a more easier? A more apt like brand connection? Branding, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. What would have helped both? Both companies um, look good. What what pairing do you think would have worked out for uh, them? Because I, because Superman works, I guess, like in the sense that he's the he's the the poster child for yeah. DC. But I think only in only in that. I, I also think it's the only thing that you could imagine would like fend them off. Yeah. Like I don't know. Uh, I guess you could do the Flash, but even then, like they'd figure that one out. <laughs> There wasn't. There actually wasn't a lot of crossover events in um, the 1990s. Uh, 1999 had Day of Judgment, demonic forces threaten the Earth, and how Jordan becomes respected. Uh, you had JL Ape in 1999. The Apes of Gorilla City, <laughs> City have declared That's a great op- title. Yep, the Apes of Gorilla City have declared open hostility on the rest of the world by using technology that can turn people into apes. Uh, you have the Flash Chain Lightning, speedster of all eras between now and the 30th century. Uh, team up to stop a threat to the Flash dynasty. And in 2000, you get Superboy the Evil Factory. The agenda is man- the agenda is manipulating DNA for nefarious purposes. What can Superboy do to stop them? Um, I don't know. <laughs> fantastic. Uh, maybe Teen Titans? Teen Titans against the Terminator? Maybe. John, John it, it, Connor it, hangs it, out with the young... I was going to say, yeah, it is kind of like the teenage savior gimmick after Terminator 2, but I don't know. Right. Um, and... He's going to teach them how to steal cash from a... a <laughs> ATM? ATM, yeah. Are you a fan of the Terminator films? Um, 
Yes. It, it's weird because it was one of those things where you don't get to say, like, I came across it way after. Okay. Um, but obviously privy to all the, the pop culture. I'll be back. Mostly um, that. Um, uh, I was privy to all of its pop culture. Glasses, shotgun. Yeah, I was, I, was, I was privy to everything about it in pop culture before I had seen the movies. Okay. So and does that set a, did that set a high bar in your in your mind? Not necessarily. Like I didn't come up with any expectation. I just came in knowing the little things to expect. I like okay. there was gonna be the I'll be back line. It was gonna be the leather jacket and the. I had oddly played. Give me your clothes. <laughs> yeah, I had oddly played like one Terminator video game. Huh? They had a on, lot of Terminator video games. Yes, I had one on the Game Boy. Yes. So like. It, it also one of those funny moments where you play the game before you saw the movie, so you're just kind of like looking out for like, like what scene inspired this <laughs> right, stage? Right. Yes, yes. Why was I here? Oh my god! Don't ever play Batman Forever. The game is a terrible game. I don't think any of those I've scenes. Heard. I don't think any of those scenes are in the movie. Um, this film, the term, the first Terminator film, comes out in 1984, and on a scant budget of 6.4 million. Turns that into $78.3 million. Yes. Um, it's one of the key roles for Arnold Schwarzenegger. Obviously, he had done Conan and stuff like that. Um, but the Terminator. He is the Terminator to this day, right? I, I, yes. He's been in Everyone But Salvation? No, he... Well, I mean... The guy's in Salvation, isn't it? Like, the guy they model it after? Or is that Genesis? That's Genesis. Okay. Because he, he, he shows up as, like... We have the mold of young Arnold. It hits John Connor in the face. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> you know? There you go. That was, the first, that was the first of the, like, we're doing young face on Arnold. <laughs> young face. You can't do young face. That's my culture. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which uh, would turn out, we, we would find now that in 2019 that some actors just do not work with young face. No, they don't. So, like, Samuel Jackson, young face, works great. Um... What's his name that plays Hank Pym? No. Yo, I was I was waiting for you to pick whoever you're gonna pick, so then I could say Michael Douglas. It does not Michael work. Michael Douglas doesn't work. But I think that because Michael Douglas is it, he, the lines on his face add character. Yeah. And so when you just smooth all that out, he just looks like a weird alien man. He's like, what's going on here? Also, and and maybe it was money, or maybe it was like lack of time. Um, if you've seen Rogue One, Carrie Fisher, not great. Yeah, you're right. Um, the other actor who probably had who had more time and like not the dead one you're talking about right not Peter Cushing <laughs> I'm, no, I'm talking about Peter Cushing but okay. I thought Peter Cushing looked good yeah throughout the movie yeah Leia shows up and she is way too bright yes yes <laughs> so like what is this porcelain doll you have like walked onto the He's set like, oh, hope hope she only has say one line too yeah and they still couldn't make that look good do you think that the there's been six Terminator films now with the release of Terminator Dark Fate. Do you think that the uh, and one TV show? Did, yes, and do do you think that the good ones outweigh the bad? As in, are there more good ones than there are bad? As in, when you look at the franchise, do you see it? Do you find it more favorable? Like, do you look at the fa- franchise fondly, or is it two good movies and the rest <laughs> just? Um, a sea of, I don't uh, really, I don't really think about the sequels all that much. Like, I can watch Terminator Two any day and just. And never concern myself with the other movies that came after it. Yeah. I just concern myself with how weird um, old 1990s sound effects are. Yes. I'm also... Um, I also think it's hilarious that we are closer to this Skynet uh, future than ever. But it's this time period that they cannot seem to nail. 
Yeah. They cannot seem to, which, like, the fear of automation is already here. Like, people have that fear constantly, but why haven't they been able to capitalize on it, I guess, I'm wondering about. Because they got it, they scared everybody in the 80s of, like, oh, one day your calculator's going to get up and stab you, and, you know, for Skynet, and it's going to stab you in the chest. What, I think for a lot of older people, the the ideas are just like, like are too silly to them. Um, and I I have found this happens with a lot of things they try to remake to match what would be a more contemporary aesthetic. Take the Chucky movie, the new one they just made. Okay, it's not magic; it's an AI gone rogue, which makes a lot of sense. Yeah, for a for a contemporary story. But people were just like tied to the magic story. Yes. Yeah. So like that bothered them. It's um, it almost made more sense to them. Right. <laughs> right. The uh, weird gypsy's curse kind of situation. Exactly. Yeah. Uh and, and, and even now where it's like, oh, um oh, how does Skynet attack now? Oh, it's an app everyone downloaded called Genesis. I was just like, that makes a lot of sense on paper. Yeah. And people were just like, Ugh an Millennial app. trash. Right, exactly. <laughs> They want they want stuff in line with the continuity of the film without taking into account real life. Yeah, <laughs> real life technologies. Yeah, like no, 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 it's all the nineties. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for forever. Um, like we we were talking off air, but Terminator One is basically uh, the plot is is basically clean cut. Oh, matter of fact, though, with all the, all the nineties, because I forgot this. It as I was. So transparency, I tried to watch as many of these films as I could coming into this as as I read the book. I only got out to Salvation. <laughs> didn't get to watch Genesis. Right. Time frame. Most people didn't. Based no, on no, the they did not, judging by the numbers. <laughs> based on the numbers. So when I talk about all the 90s, I want to I mention one scene that stuck out to me in Salvation. Okay. Did we need a scene where John Connor turns on his tiny little radio to play Guns N' no, Roses? No, no. <laughs> That was mad. That was no. such. That was the most forced, no. hokey reference you, you I've ever seen. No, you didn't need that. And I'm pretty sure you saw hokier stuff or hokiest stuff in the in the third one, right? The, that third one gets kind of. I mean, looking at boobs and making your boobs bigger, like that's a whole. No, like there's a lot of stupid things that happen. Yeah, but like I, it, it isn't. Um, on the, it isn't on too much on the nose. It isn't so stupid in the sense it's just like, hey, hey, remember the stuff you liked. <laughs> We'll do it again. We're going you back know, at it. Like, we do all the little things that people tend to associate with Terminator movies. Somebody has to say, I'll be back. Yes. Which I, which I, is something that people you normally say, but, like, once you start to shoehorn it in, it's like, why is no, everybody like, talking well, like, like this? Why is everyone talking like this? Once you make the line significant, I now feel like it's fake every time someone says it. Right. It's not used, <laughs> it's not used the way a normal person It's not natural. It's back. just like someone has to say, I'll be back, and it has to be a significantly said line. If it was written on a comic, it would be bold. I saw <laughs> in the trailer that uh, the girl was like, come with me if you, unless you want to be killed. Or something like that. It wasn't uh, like come with me if you want to live. It was, no, it wasn't the same line. It was oh, like, was it? come with me or, or else you'll not be uh, living or something. The slight deviation. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, which I thought was pretty damn funny. Um, you do you prefer Terminator Two to Terminator One? Yes, highly. I Terminator One slow. I think most people do. Yeah, it's, uh, it's John Connor being all edgy. John Connor with his uh, hoodie no, and his, uh, God. his flannels. John Connor's the thing I Grun- hate. Grunge. John, John Connor. Connor. John Connor is the hardest part for me to watch in that movie. Sarah Connor. I can't stand that kid. Um, actress. Can't remember Sarah Connor's. And I said it last week. 
Oh. Linda Hamilton. Linda, yeah, yeah. I said last week that Linda Hamilton's going to be on Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yes. Um, no, but Linda, she also came out of one of the portals in Endgame. Linda, Linda Hamilton kills it in, in the movies that she chooses to be in. Yes. Uh, she does give 110%, and it's one of the first... Um, I, I have a, um, a running joke that, like, in Terminator 3, she dies from a very rare form of cancer that you can only get from directors not wanting to work with you. <laughs> I, can, I can see that. I can see that. Because <laughs> uh, she was dating Cameron, wasn't she? Was she? Uh, I don't know. If not, don't Linda Linda Hamilton. Please don't write in. If if you, don't be too mad if I'm over here insinuating you might have dated James Cameron. She's good. She's down in New Orleans. Enjoying <laughs> herself. Um, Terminator Two brings in the liquid metal Terminator. Um, uh, now nah, I'm forgetting his act. This is a long day. Robert Patrick. Yes, Robert Patrick. Very southern man. as the antagonist Terminator. Absolutely terrifying. Uh, he's the one I think of when I think of like unkillable. Unstoppable, still gonna come at you with like one leg, kind of. Robert Patrick. Robert. Every time they uh, again, this is me making fun of the sound effects. Every time they hit Robert Patrick, he the noise it makes sounds like how uncomfortable people sound when you just hear people saying moist. Yes, <laughs> it's like every time it hits him, it's like moist, moist, <laughs> moist, moist. What do you think of Babyface Terminator? What do you think of the good guy Terminator? Thumbs up before the sacrifice. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, after the sacrifice, I guess. That's kind of the Terminator I know. Yeah? That, that Because of the cultural impact of the movie, I kind of knew Babyface Terminator before I knew Bad One. Yeah. I can see that. Do you think there's any hope for this franchise post-Dark Fate? Oh, yeah. Do do we keep it Anything. on ice for 10 years? Do we sure, change but... everybody? Sure, but like anything is, like anything could be possible with weird film that these days. Like, there were things that make money that had no business making money. I mean, Jesus Christ, we're gonna be we're talking about a Venom sequel soon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I still can't believe Joker is about to break a billion dollars. I'm saying, <laughs> absolutely I'm saying. bananas, bananas. So like, and you can't. Arnold's not gonna last forever. Um, do you keep ha- hanging it on Arnold on Linda Hamilton? No, I don't think you do at all. I wonder if there's somebody else I think else you just tell a story people are interested in. Yeah. Is there any other bodybuilder people care about enough nowadays? <laughs> do you got to put The Rock in this? Like, do you have to... Oh, The Rock will do it. That's the good part. Yeah. The Rock will do it if you ask him. Yeah. I just don't know. The Rock is too charismatic, I think, to play a robot, Yeah, to though. play cold. Right? I was thinking about it, too. I'm like, nah, he'd be like... He'd be too mugging for the camera. Like, he wouldn't... He, would, he couldn't be stoic. I thought I did. It's easy to be stoic when you barely speak the language. Right. <laughs> like, it's real easy to be like, be stone faced when you're having a hard time pronouncing California. I just have to speak like I've learned this language out of a book. It's yes. a good thing I did. Yes, you know that? Arnold, we need to talk like you just learned English yesterday. I'll try. Um, Terminator 2 comes out in 1991 and on a budget of $100 million makes $523 million. So everything seems to be working out. They're flipping them bricks. But then this movie that just came out, Terminator Dark Fate, has been out for about two weeks now, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, on a budget of upwards of $196 million, it's made $199.4 It's million. just past its budget. Yeah. Which yeah. is typically deemed failure. Yes. Especially like two weeks or so uh, in, uh, in the gate. Which is a shame because um, Linda Hamilton looked amazing. I've told. She looked. Um... I told she did great work in it. I've, the funny thing is, I, I've heard different um, opinions of it, quality wise. Yeah. Some of it comes from people with their weird 
stupid social political views. Some just think it was yeah. poorly written. Others did find it well written. So, like, it's been divisive. When you saw that trailer, were you excited? I was interested. Okay. What Wouldn't stopped you from going to the theater? Um, time? Time and money. Yeah. <laughs> there are very that few happens things. sometimes. I'm like, I definitely need to see that. And then it comes and goes. And I'm like, oh, snap. What happens? I mean, my schedule doesn't allow for too many social moments anyway. So, it's like, unless I'm going to see this with, like, people... Yeah. I'm probably not going out of my way to do it. All right. You can wait it out? Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Plus, I've never seen a Terminator movie in the theaters anyway. Why start now? Ah, so there's a little mini tradition. <laughs> there's like a mini Slightly, tradition there yeah. Um, but yeah, this story that we're talking about today, Death to the Future, is a collaborative effort from both DC Comics and Dark Wars. Because beginning in 1998, or 1988, mm. four years, you were just saying four years after the first film comes out, they already know they want to just yeah. put... Merchandise on We need to push this brand as far as we can. Uh, Since 1988, there have been many comic books published as part of the Terminator franchise from a variety of publishers, but most mostly uh, Dark Horse Comics. And I think Dark Horse also owns Predator. Yeah. And Alien. Yes. Also, like how often, like how unheard of it now these days to say that like it took nearly a decade to get the second movie. Yes. Right. Right. People would say that's too long. Yeah. Why'd you wait that long? I remember Rush Hour 3 came out basically a decade later. And I was like, you guys just... Nobody listened. wanted it anymore. Yeah, I'm like, I wanted that. Like, I don't, I forgot what it was that you gave me. Like, I ordered this so long ago. You, right. You come with my order. I'm like, what did I ask for again? <laughs> What's going on here? Um, the story was created three years prior to T3 Rise of the Machines, but it features an early concept of the Terminatrix, a female Terminator with advanced technology and weaponry. I don't think we have to worry too much about the spoiler film, the spoiler-free thing of this. You either uh, write it or you don't, or you want to read it or you don't. What did you think of the story as an overview? Uh, as, a, as a quaint four-issue uh, uh, crossover event, what did you think? I know it was interesting. Uh, I had a hard time believing that there was like uh, um, a, a massive th- I guess I guess there's like there's no massive threat to Superman, but it does try to work around that by creating a problem that he can't solve. Yes, by they, punching it. Yes, they did get take Superman off the board for a bit. Um, I was surprised uh, that we get to see Lex at one point. I was also surprised that we got to see um, Cyborg Superman. Yes, I wasn't sure who on the DC side of things was gonna be the one to. Um, Oppose or join up with the term. I didn't. You always imagine gonna... it's like like it, the two the two easiest <laughs> prospects are either like you either do Cyborg Superman or you do Metallo. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the, what other does Superman have like other metal based or mechanical based? Not that I know of. But and like, th- if you watch the cartoon, like Metallo pretty much looks like a Terminator. Yes, he does. And um, Cyborg Superman, who makes a uh, who's uh, in a lot of this story, um. You know, he just got he just made his appearance a couple years prior, uh post Death of Superman. Yes. So but this is Hank Henshaw with the mullet mullet, right? He got the mullet, yeah. he's red. Has he mu- already destroyed Coast City? I'm interested. I'm trying to I'm I'm interested in figuring out why he's red. <laughs> yeah. If he was always red. Um, the mullet thing. Um but he seems hell bent on taking out the tur um sorry, taking out Superman. And this is all stunned from that plane that spaceship launch 
So Hank Henshaw is on a spaceship. He's in the sky. Mm. And he's all like, there's like, I think a comet's going to hit it or something like that. Something's going to happen. Okay. And he's like, don't worry. Superman's going to save us. Like, I, I'm not even worried about it. But then he ends up getting, becoming a, uh, in this wreck. And um, to save him, he has to be half cyborg. And see. so he always blames Superman for not see, saving honestly, him in that I've moment. never known a Henshaw's. That's basically, or, yeah, I, I think. <coughs> I just I thought he's that. one of the three Superman that show up after death. And I was just like, this Yeah, is he was weird. like a big Superman fanboy. Totally like, yeah, he's going to save me. He always does. But he was dead. So, yeah, things happen. Um, but the story begins with Sarah Connor and her son, John. The famous John Connor we were talking about before. From the previously mentioned Terminator films, and we are told they're running from town to town, fleeing from an unknown threat, and have found themselves in a mall in downtown Metropolis. Um, I guess this is why crossovers don't usually happen, because Metropolis is not on a real map. Right. I guess it's easier when you have, like, maybe Marvel properties. If you're in New York, you're in New York. (laughs) Um, But they end up on Metropolis. They walk so far into America that they find the heartland. (laughs) Out of nowhere, a Terminator appears, and with all the energy and um, resources at their disposal, they haven't figured out how to put clothes on these guys. Still. <laughs> Still. What is it with the... Is it too expensive? Is it too taxing to come in with clothes? Um, what do you think is this whole Terminator coming in naked? The, the, the whole gimmick is that like the, the machine can only uh, process, uh, transport organic, organic matter. matter. Yeah. There's a lot of naked Terminators in this comic. Um... <laughs> One shows up completely naked and tries his best to kill Connor with his laser vision. Sensing an explosion at the mall, Superman shows up and takes the Terminator on. The model is tough. The (laughs) The model is tough, but the Man of Steel proves to be tougher by beheading the robot and ripping him in half. Um, How did you feel about how quickly Superman was was to... It kind of shows you, like, well, this fight can't be a one Terminator against Superman. No. Because we just saw what I also ended. like. I also just like his his like sneering comment. It was just like, "Oh, oh we're playing in the big leagues now, huh?" Yeah, yeah. Bank get uh, basically beheads this damn Terminator, and um, as the Connors flee the scene, Superman confronts Sarah, demanding an explanation, assuming she knows more than she's letting on about the robot attack. Um, but Sarah's like, "Yeah, we ain't got no time to explain nothing." So Superman picks her up and picks up John and begins to fly. Telling her no one's gonna harm either of them, so you know, spill the beans. I like this artwork because it's like Sarah, like angrily looking while the flashbacks are <laughs> behind her. Yeah, like, tanks and, and machines and stuff like that. But she basically just explains the plot, of, not the plot, but the idea of Judgment Day, the plot of Terminator, basically. Yeah, Skynet. Um, I always find it interesting that like she like knows these things that she hasn't seen. But we're yes. able to demonstrate it in picture form. Yes, yes. She has a vivid imagination of a future she's never right. seen before. She's but, like, this is how I'm pretty sure it looks, you guys. But she explains that um, in the future, the machines rebel against us. Um, with an artificial intelligence called Skynet, that will be able to control every electronic system in the world. The AI... Uh, would be used to control the machines as they cleanse the earth of humanity and kill billions of humans on a day that is considered Judgment Day, which takes place in 2035. Um, hmm? I think. Or at least in this comic, it took place in oh. uh, 2035. Um, Judgment Day is... It, 
jumps around. Wasn't it 1996 eventually at one point? I, I think so. <laughs> I feel like I feel like it was like some way. Like whenever you see like this is a movie of the far future of 2020. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We're not that. We're not that far away. No, from that. no, we're not. No, we're not. Even um, 35 is. That's not that far away. No, I I actually said that like even if it even if it waits, I'll be like, you know, they cannot turn down the chance to put out a, another Terminator movie in 2029. Yes. They all have to go happen. Even if that means full reboot, I there wonder, will be a Terminator movie in 2029. I wonder if it gets to 2035 if they're like, they feel compelled, you know? Blade, we're hitting the Blade Runner year. We just hit right. November 2019. That's right. Uh, that fair, The very far-flung future of 2019. <laughs> Looks nothing like it. Nothing. Um, This, this was... Yeah, but you get, you get, she explains the whole thing. She explains that John's the only chance for humanity's survival in the future, and he needs yes. the, re- the resistance against the machines, and that that's why Skynet keeps sending robot assassins, called Terminators, into the past to kill John Connor. So Superman's all like, nah, I don't know. I don't believe any of this. I don't believe any of this is going on for real. And, um, which I don't blame him, you know, <laughs> even though he's an alien, and I'm pretty sure no one would believe what he was saying. But Sarah. He's like, I may have come from a far-flung planet, but time travel's something I'm not sure I can sign off on just yet. And he's like, come on, these things can't be real. And then she's like, you just fought one. How real did it, how fake did it seem? And he's all like, yeah. Uh, they try to figure out how they were found. And it turns out John had entered a contest using his real name, allowing Skynet to find them. I have not seen these movies in a while. Is that a running plot point? What's do this? The, do the Connors have to keep off the grid? To, for the Terminators not to find them? In a sense, uh, in a sense, yes. Because it's like, the the AI is just all information-based. If there's no trackable paper trail, then we can't pinpoint them at a time or date. Okay. That's so, right. it's like, I like that. so it's like, I can't use an ATM card to buy us some dinner because then there is a traceable record that I, John Connor, did a thing at, what time? at this point, at this time. Yeah. At this place, at this time. So, so he kind of just shit the bed uh, trying to buy a bike or something, right? Yeah. Trying to enter a contest yeah. to get a bike. 100%. Come on, John. You John Connor registered his name at this fair. You gotta be better than that. They send two more models after them and we cut to Cyborg Superman randomly who's admiring the detached and damaged skull of the T-800 that Superman destroyed. Is this supposed to take place before Terminator 2? Really? It's place after Terminator 2. I never understood that because I've always understood Terminator 2 to be, but they won. You're right. Well, if it's child John Connor, it's, just, it's after Terminator 2. Um, why isn't uh Sarah Connor in 3 again? Uh, the cancer. Okay. She dies yeah, from, the, the, she the, from the director cancer. Director cancer. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to see what would have... Because I guess he's, he's still on the run in 3. No, he's like, if I remember correctly. Oh, he's, he's a loner? Like, is he just a loner? Is he just like a... I remember him being like heavily medicated in 3. Yeah, he, but he's like all, I guess just super traumatized. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out if he was running in 3, because if he was running in 3, then that's how that links up. They're I, running now. I guess. But if they're, if he was fine and he just went, he was traumatized and just hiding from people as a social thing, as opposed to not like, yeah. I'm worried that robots are going to come. It's like, this has been my life and I'm, I don't want to, you know, yeah. get anyone close near me. Just, just that makes the sense. complete PTSD about the entire situation. 
But I like to have Cyborg Superman in his in his red and muddled glory, and he uses his, he uses his tech abilities to send information. I don't know how you do this, but he uses his <laughs> tech abilities to send information on how to defeat Superman. Not only defeat Superman, but all of the members of the Superman family from his mind into the skull of the uh, T eight hundred, which then beams that message into the future for Skynet to use. So, we cut back to Superman battling the two Terminators sent to kill John when suddenly Superman's powers stop working and he's sent hurtling through time. I always like when someone's hurtled through time because they, <laughs> they never know what the hell's going on. You're never you're never just like carded, carded comfortably through time. Yeah, that, that doesn't work well. You're always just tumbling yeah, you, and yeah, yeah. through Why it. Why is it never like a um, one of those walking, uh, the moving sidewalks? <laughs> when you just stand there and you're just seeing your timeline go by. You're like, hey, I remember that day. And other people's timelines, I guess. Yeah. By Flash standards. The, by fl- yeah, you see. Oh, down, I'm not even going to get into it. No. <laughs> um, so, somehow Superman's been sent through this time. And before he disappears, he tells the Connors to call Lois Lane. He he lasers it on a on a like a mailbox yes. or something. He's like, I know someone you can contact. You know that I had to take practice. Yes. Yeah. Like he's somewhere in a steel mill, just like how fast can I do this with my eyes? It's gotta be like peeing in the snow, right? Like it's gotta be like the same kind of But with two. Oh my you know how hard it's gotta line be? Him. You gotta line those up. Do you think he's doing like Lois with one eye and Lane with the other? Holy yes, yes, I do. Hell. He's See, spelling out both names with each laser, but he's got to also line the numbers up correctly. With the... That is a level. That's a level of that's uh, a practice. I want to get to. Um, when Superman comes to, he's naked <laughs> and he's surrounded by armed men, and one seems to recognize him. He reveals himself as Steel John Henry Iron. Yes, uh, a close friend of Superman, and also reveals that the current year is twenty thirty five. As we are shown a dystopian Metropolis. How'd you feel about the inclusion of Steel? How'd you feel about knowing that Metropolis falls just like everywhere else? Um, I thought I thought Steel was a cool addition to this. Yeah. I like I like Henry Irons. Yeah, I kind of found myself wondering what happened. Like, if his daughter's in this book, right? That makes sense. I know that um, in using both Henry and Cyborg Superman, like I said, Death Superman wasn't that long ago. Yeah. It was less than 10 years ago uh, when this comic came out. It's also one of those funny things where I was just like, I tend to have this issue with every future comic where I'm just like, but the other future comics... Said? Yeah, yeah. And then you both secretly want to act like you're the same future. Right. Everyone's like, oh no, everything that you saw totally happening. But he's dead in this one. No, you can't even And I'm just like, but I met the Legion. I'm not one for... (laughs) If this was a longer series, I would have balked at the idea of Superman going through time. Okay. Because I feel like it's a bit of a trope when you have to fill some issues. Mm. I've read a lot of stories where the character just the randomly time travel side gets, quest. Yeah, they just randomly get sent back through time. Meet characters you'll never talk about again. Have an adventure that means nothing but but teamwork is good and friendship is good too. And then No, that happened to me with um Captain America. With that uh, uh, Z, not even Dimension Z, because I read that much later. Okay, they sent him back through time. Uh, about well, I don't remember. If it's either, I think it's forward, but they sent him through time again, right after Secret Empire. I was like, oh, y'all don't want to do everything not to talk about this. Oh wow, <laughs> the huh. ve- the very book after the end of Secret Empire where they put um 
what's his name? Hydra Cap in the No, 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 no. Prison? Like, yeah, yes, yes. When they put Hydra Cap in the prison, it's like Captain America's coming back out. Yeah, we're running that book, and um, I forget who they put on it, but uh, like immediately time travel story. Just like, uh, so we're not going to talk about this, are we? <laughs> that happened to me with Miss um, <clears throat> Marvel, or Captain Marvel. I was reading, I was liking it, and then all of a sudden she's like back with the World War II women bombers. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. We talk- I remember I was talking about this. And I'm this. like, what happened with this? Uh, what, what's going on here? But, yeah, it happens. Um, you had to, like we said, you had to get Superman off the board. Mm-hmm. As we leave it now at the end of this book. The Terminators are on Earth, so are the Connors, and there's no Superman. <laughs> so these se- things seem pretty dangerous. Right. Um, book two opens up with Future with Future Steel explaining that they try to use some Skynet tech to grab the new Superman hunting Terminator from the past, but instead grabbed Superman. We got the math wrong. Yeah, right. That's all Good. I figured. Carry the one. Um, what were they gonna do with the new Superman? With the Superman Terminator? Probably reprogram him and just like. Like Arnold's in two. Yeah, because that, I mean, I don't think I wrote it down, but basically, we're led to believe that these new, stronger Terminators are created because of Cyborg Superman. Yes, he sent, he sent the information back, and then they sent Terminators strong enough to combat the Superman. He sent the blueprints, they saw the exhaust port, and yes. they like, we totally know how to stop him now. Yes. And um, it's, so. It's merely the size of a wombat. That's it. Uh, <laughs> I'm not even going to touch it. But. Um, <laughs> Steel introduces the American flag wearing soups. I love that he do- he adorned himself in the American flag. <laughs> He's naked. He can't. There's no other clothes around. So I'm just gonna drape my naked Kryptonian body against this uh this this guidon for yeah. the American people. Um, and he introduces him to adult John Connor, leader of the resistance. Steel explains that because they pulled him into the future, complete with awkward eye scar. Be complete with awkward eye scar that they sealed Metropolis' fate because Superman never returns as he's pulled into the future, thus leaving his city to fall prey to Skynet and the Terminators. John takes Clark on a tour of the dystopian Metropolis. This was a little bit... All right. The whole thing of, like, um... Where they're like... I I saved a, a Superman... Suit. Costume... And I put it, I left it in the Daily Planet. And we have this whole base over here, but this seemingly indestructible, you know, yeah. suit of armor, of alien armor. Uh, I left just in case dead you or past you showed up <laughs> so we can deal with them. But anyway, I guess that's what good friends do, right? They hold on to your stuff if they don't know where you're at. This this is always one of those things that makes me wonder, like... <sighs> Like what happens to uh Superman in 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 the prime timeline where they never p- grab him and he actually has to fight off the robot army. Right. And it, this goes back to the whole um Skynet always wins yeah. argument. Like what happens here? As a matter of fact, you did you get to see Rick and Morty last night? I I don't watch the show. Oh, you don't watch it at all. Basically, the episode is about a uh, a stone that shows you how you die. Okay. Um, but that obviously that changes depending on what you do. Right. And so, um, one of the characters on the show has this stone, and is doing everything that he can to get to keep the future the way that he wants it. Right. 
which even means doing things that he doesn't understand. Right. Because he doesn't understand how he's going to get there, so it doesn't matter what he does. Right. And I, um, time travel works in those ways. Which one do you succumb to more? The idea that there are fixed points in time mm-hmm. that are going to happen whenever, or the idea that literally butterfly effect, you know, you wear the wrong socks on the wrong day, Hitler never uh, takes over uh, Poland and shit. I'm probably more of a butterfly effect guy only because I'm I'm real big on the idea that, like, like, my ideas are mine, and, and my actions are mine, and okay. like, I, I I hate this idea of, of faded history of a dark fate, if you will. Yes, if you will. <laughs> um, if you will. That like, yeah, like, I was just screwed, and I am destined to be screwed. Like that sucks. Right. At at least if it's my choices, and I screwed up, like it was my fault. I like the idea of all the different, um, the fragmented realities, like yeah. all the different branching the. The, the different decisions that we all make and how they branch into different yes. futures. You like quantum physics. Uh, yes. yes. <laughs> uh, but if, if if it's just that, if I never have to billions open up a textbook, if I never have to open up a textbook or draw a diagram, yes, I love okay. quantum fi- physics. Theoretically, quantum physics, yes. Yes. Does that mean watching Endgame? Is that all I got to do to, to quantum physics? Kind of. All right, that's fine by me then. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, he's like, um, he gives Supes a spare Superman uniform he had from back in the old days. I not mentioned in my notes. They pass by cannibals. Yes. What? What? What do you think is going on there? Why are there cannibals? Uh, I think it's just it's one of those things where it's like you you have taken civilization from these humans, and humans must now survive. So we now so we are doing what we must to survive by but, the most basis needs. And none of these guys are in opposition. I mean, these guys are in opposition to the resistance, I'm assuming. Yeah. Why don't you just join the resistance? I'm pretty sure they're eating something that's not human on that side. You probably have a a bunch of people who are just like, no, if I just eat these people and hide out, I'll be fine. Yeah. They won't come for me. That's another thing. How have those humans survived? Those, Those... There's always a sect of humanity that is like in hiding somewhere in these okay. movies. Okay, so these guys are like the roaches. Yeah, they they're out for the big game prey, like Connor and the Resistance. I mean, they're out to kill anyone your... they can find, but they also don't have the ability to like, like unless you just program every robot to search every square inch. Well, we're all yeah, we're also talking about what they perceived would be yeah. the technology of the future, right? Which, as we know now, you can find anyone, anywhere, given any sure. any particular device. But you could also just bird bomb the entire hell of several square. Yes, that's true. And that's also very true. Several square miles and not have to really worry about it. I thought it was just funny that he's like, oh, yeah, those are the cannibals. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? And Superman's like, oh, right. okay. But, but also, if you think about it, really, if like, like, how much work do you really have to do if you're Skynet, considering we nuked the world by... Initiating all-out nuclear holocaust on the globe. Yes, like which I always assumed was just slow-moving Terminators going pew pew until everybody <laughs> died. That's how it's ever been oh, portrayed really? to me. It's always been portrayed to me that they're just walking up and laser just, gunning people. They're just stop motioning through the city and like taking dudes and stepping on skulls. Yes, you have to step on skulls. Always have to step on the skull. Um. But yeah, I've always been like, can't you just like run away from this? Right, but no, then we introduced the rockets and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, you saw tanks in this. Yeah, but like, I, the um, because I always think about the end of Terminator Three, where it's like you see them launch all of their missiles across the globe. Yeah, and you look at that, I'm just like, 
do you really have to gun them down considering, you know, the radiation cancer is just going to take them all the quite fallout. quickly anyway? Yeah, the fallout. Now, it, um, overkill. I've seen Bioshock. It doesn't end out well. No, definitely overkill uh, for the resistance or for all those that happen to live past Judgment Day. But um, You'd be have... better off dying in Judgment Day, really. You have uh, Lois Lane in the year 2000 grilling uh, Sarah for clues about Clark's disappearance when another Terminator arrives butt naked and he almost kills both women before Supergirl manages to fly in and save the day. Were you Here's surprised? Where it gets weird. Yeah, everyone. were you surprised by the inclusion of who we perceive to have been Supergirl? And I'm gonna pre- I'm gonna explain all that in a bit. No, I'm not surprised at all. I was actually just like, okay, this is cool. And like, like you had, I, I, it felt like the natural progression because like they're not going to survive this on their own. Plus, like this book is is very much going out of its way to write Sarah Connor as like the, um, still somewhat like, not inept, but. Uh, currently out of her depth and probably lacking weaponry. Yeah. yeah. So she's like, we're not, we're in no place to fight these off. We just have to get away. Exactly. And they, they made it a point to say earlier on in the book that that's all they've been doing. They have not put down roots anywhere. They've just been going from place to place to place, mm. um, running away from this threat. You ready to talk about Matrix? No, I've never been ready to talk about Matrix. All right. We're going to talk about Matrix Supergirl. All right. Because. I did some deep thinking. This Supergirl that's in this book does has telepathy, all <laughs> kinds of weird plant, uh, powers. At one point, she has she grows like she's fire also wings. the girl on fire. Yes, yes, <laughs> she grows fire wings, and I'm like, something's up here. It it is Katniss Everdeen, Supergirl. Yes. So I went and did some research. As we as well publicized, as most people know, as pr- on the cover of a majority of the anniversary editions, mm-hmm. Supergirl died. In Crisis on Infinite Herbs. The Supergirl most people knew. The Supergirl that returns in April of 1988 uh, is uh, is Matrix. It's really Matrix. Okay. And Matrix uh, was created in an alternate reality, a pocket universe, if you will, mm. by the good Lex Luthor in that universe. He creates a protoplasmic Matrix, so like an artificial person, yes. if you will, and adheres the looks of his lover, Lana Lang, on it, who had just died. That's not weird at all. Not weird at all. Matrix possessing all of Lana's memories due to Lana's uh, synaptic pathways being copied into Matrix. It's <laughs> a lot going on. Um, but like Superman, Matrix was superhumanly strong and fast, could fly, uh, also had the powers of shape-shifting, telekinesis, and cloaking. Y'all so, thought Superman was bad. O-P. <laughs> um, and I guess everyone was kind of with it. I got to go back and find out, like, what, when they were like, you're not, you can shapeshift, what's going on here? But everyone seemed kind of with it. Yeah. When, when she does some of the stuff later on, the telepathy and stuff, I was completely confused. I had no <laughs> idea what was going on. Speaking of Death of Superman, we get a Superboy cameo later on, too. Yes, we do. Damn, that, they just really... Who's missing? Eradicator is the only guy. Who's uh, the game. dog? Crypto. No crypto in this? Getting our first live action crypto in Titans right now. Yes, we are. You watching That's... Titans? Um, In blocks. Like, you'll take on three episodes, hold yeah. off for a bit, and take Because on... this is like, like um, that one's, I, I, I take it differently because my roommate was a big T Titans fan, so like, we watched that together. Oh, okay. 
So like totally we, we, we when the time lines up for us because we have very different schedules, we knock out a few episodes and just laugh about it all. Um, <laughs> he was a big fan of the Teen Titans cartoon. Oh, okay. So like, how is he handling the this new medium now? Because I I I feel like it's a departure a bit from the cartoon. Um, he is, and he was he he was fine with that. He's just sort of like enjoying. Yeah, like he still likes the characters on the screen. Right, so he's just he's looking at an alternate version universe. Yeah. He he's he's enough detached to know that this is just Yeah, yeah, he's not like looking for his Teen Titans that he remembers, but he's like just looking to watch something good with the characters he knows. I completely get it. I wish we would have got that in this book. But <laughs> but um yeah, uh, Supergirl kills um, um flies in Mantis to save the day in the ensuing madness, John Connor just runs away. As he's one to do in nineties in nineties movies, your kids were the reason why you got killed because yeah. they ran around, they screamed too loud, yes, they they cried when they weren't supposed to. They tried to win bikes, they didn't. They try to win bikes when they're not supposed to. Kids in the nineties were out of control. Um, we but they so- can also fend, but they can also fend off you know uh, criminals from breaking into your home. That's another big thing. And John Connor <laughs> later on is able to, like, kind of subdue both Cyborg Superman and Terminatrix yes. for a little bit. I, I am quaintly reminded of um, Three Ninjas myself. That, I was about to say, that that is definitely in the, in that line of uh, a media there. Where we, we have children that were so, like, strategically um, able. Who, that know, we... who know six, probably, uh, martial arts moves in yes. total. Yes. But they're able to take down, like, the Yakuza. But they're, but they're, <laughs> but they're smart enough to know we can take out one of these guys by just getting him diarrhea. Oh my God! Hulk Hogan was in the third one. <laughs> yes, he was. Good God! Madness. Um, that man won't turn down anything. In the future, oh wait, did I say that already? Uh, in the interim, madness, John Connor disappears. I said that. We are also shown Cyborg Superman joining forces with a new model of Terminator called the Terminatrix, as seen three years later in Terminator Three: Rise of the Machines. Um, was it me, or was this completely out of nowhere? <laughs> How did she get there? The same way they all got there, I guess. And she got there to meet him? Ah. Uh, did he send a message to come like come through? That's probably it. Like they, they probably locked on to him and like, okay, someone is sending us these messages, send one to him. Yeah, right? It's a message somebody's in our inbox in the Skynet inbox. Right. We need to go figure out what's going on there. On our frequency, by God. But um Together, Terminatrix and Cyber- Cyborg Superman are hell-bent on destroying Superman and, and John Connor, respectively. In the future, Old Man Steel and Superman lead the Resistance past the machine defenses and into a Terminator production facility. I love that the Old Man brand is so prolific now that we can just retrofit it. Yes, on everybody. Um, yeah, they are confronted by a huge robot named Sky One. A robot with the power of the entire Skynet. It calls himself the living embodiment of Skynet. Steel rushes at it, which I thought was the stupidest. I'm like, what's... You see this humongous thing. First thing, he's like, I'll I'm take I'm gonna care hit it with it. a rock. I'll take care of it. And it just blasts him. It, it knocks him down. It's taken down. And when Superman tries to hit it, he gets hit with a blast of kryptonite. Proof that Cyborg Superman plan worked. And he has successfully uploaded and delivered information on how to stop Superman in the future. And that book ends with seemingly those both of those men being kept captive. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, book three opens up in 2035 with our heroes captured by Sky One in a bunker under the dystopian city of Metropolis. Sky One is using its technology to rip information from the minds of Future Steel and Superman, hoping to bring about complete extermination of the human race and squash out the year 2000. Oh, sorry, squash out the resistance. Steel feels he got Superman trapped in here and it's up to him to find a way out. Meanwhile, in the year 2000, Cyborg Superman and Terminatrix have Superboy and Supergirl distracted with wave upon wave of anti-Kryptonian Terminators from the future. That's a mouthful. Mm-hmm. And Superman, I'm oh, sorry, Superboy and Supergirl defend Sarah and Lois. The baddies look to find and execute John Connor, thus bringing about Judgment Day. Steel manages to get the gag out of his mouth. I can't believe that that was literally the only thing stopping him from escaping. <laughs> Um, and I, in in a in a perfect bit of comic book exposition, he's like, "I'm glad I gave my hammer voice, you know, voice commands. Right. <laughs> that will definitely come in handy." And so he uses his, his uh, hammer's voice recognition technology to bring the hammer towards him. He escapes and releases Superman from his kryptonite binds when Sky One returns and confronts them again. Sky One is incredibly chatty. Did you catch that too? The yeah, entire time is like the whole race. Don't you understand? You well, actually, they're me. all chatty, and I'm like, as I'm reading it, I'm just like, I don't remember the, like, the for being the most so part, animated. I don't remember the machines talking very much unless they had to. Yeah, like I have to, I have to, um, how do you say, engage with this human for information. I will speak. I feel like they like, made a point was... to say that. Like that's the reason. Like they they will talk as a means to get something, either right. information. Uh, or, you know, something else valuable to them. All of these Terminators are just, like, damage detected. Yeah. Which should have been, I guess, things in their eye thing, but they weren't. Right. We weren't doing any of that. Uh, so... <laughs> Steel feels... Uh, oh, yeah, I did it already. Gag out of the mouth. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Great plan. You know? He escapes from these Superman, like I said. Uh, uh, Sky One returns talking a bunch of crap. Hit Steel with more energy beams gloating along the way. Superman destroys the mechanical body housing Sky One, but it taunts them on a nearby screen, declaring that unless they destroy every machine on Earth, Skynet is unkillable. This part is absolutely hilarious to me, because then Superman just goes, okay, that's what we'll do. I just imagine this, uh, you don't understand, Captain. Yes. I am Swiss. But he's also talking to a boomer. Right. Who's like, oh God, who's like, uh, you have to, un- no, sir, unplug the, uh, <laughs> do you see the window? The window screen, you have to go to the corner. The bottom. red wire goes into this one, then the white and the yellow. It totally makes sense to me that Superman's all like, let's just kill them all. Let's just destroy them all. What else do you want me to do? We are both of us out of time. <laughs> we are both of us out of time. Uh, yeah, Superman agrees and declares war on Skynet in 2035. Elsewhere in the year 2000, John Connor contacts his mother from a construction site payphone and is discovered by Cyborg, Supes, and Terminatrix, who are riding tandem motorcycles. (laughs) Things like a motorcycle and a a sidecar. (laughs) See, this is the point where... See, this is the point where you will be mine, please. Yes, yes. No, that, that actually would that actually would be a, a a perfect moment for that. If if, if the book could do it, it would play it across yes. the scene. <laughs> and the sunset going down. Oh my um, god. Luther oh sorry, a battle between Supergirl and Terminator you could spills be into Lex Luthor's office. Luther has no idea what's going on and Kara tells him that she was looking for his help anyway, and explained 
that these robots want to exterminate mankind. Luther says it's his civic duty to help humanity, as Kara wonders if she did the right thing in trusting Lex. Also, dead humans is bad for business. Yes. <laughs> what did you think about Lex being brought into this story and his uh, initial curiosity um, of... It totally makes sense. There's there's tech-based robotry. You know, of course, Lex would get involved somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you trust him at this point? No. No, never trust a Lex. No. Never trust a Luther. No. I mean, uh, we tried that for about five seasons, and yeah, that... that was probably the longest length of time of people trusting a Luther. Yeah, to be honest, it was going so well. It's actually pretty funny. Um, but yeah, in twenty thirty five in the future, by using scraps of the Sky One, Superman builds an EMP and throws it into the air. And I love that they're like, we have no idea if this is gonna work. Nope. Just do it but, anyway. But what what the hell? So he literally just like this big mass of just metal throws it into the air and it acts as an EMP and it destroys um, all the unshielded machines. Left just with the soldiers of Skynet, the machine soldiers, the Terminators, the resistance fight from around the globe and turn the tide in the war and beat Skynet. With a bunch of rocks. Yes. Was it it's me? It's all the New Yorkers from that Spider-Man scene. Like, if you fight one of us, you fight all of us. Was it me, or was this very yada yada through? Considering how <laughs> big and bad this war was. Uh, yeah, like, the EMP is, is, is like, the the big, like, end all. Oh, yeah. They were talking, uh, I think it was Mr. Sunday Movies, that they said that they get mad every time a movie feels like they have to explain what an EMP is. <laughs> Because they keep saying that people always have it's to... It's an electromagnetic... We know! They, they always have to... It's an electromagnetic pulse. will take out all the yada, yada, yada. You already know what it is. Uh, you, you'd think not, because like, you've seen an EMP in so many movies, but... Yes. But yeah, this this will work. And <laughs> he just throws them in the air, blows up, and then we literally have a montage. <laughs> a montage of just the war being won. Yes. Just people winning the war, and then it's like, and they learn to live again. Yes. <laughs> they learn to laugh again and love again and live again. And I'm like, oh, should right. be the next movie. Open no. and shut case, Superman. He just showed up, been here seven hours, <laughs> been here seven hours, uh, destroyed all the uh, the soldiers of Skynet. With his mission accomplished, Steel sends Superman to his time and destroys the temporal machine. Old John Connor remarks that he remembers Superman saving him twice, wondering if the second time will ever happen now that time has changed. Hmm. Um, I feel like they probably didn't need the Sky One robot. The Sky One robot is basically what we get later on in, in the fourth issue. It's like a big... Yeah, but like you need something to punch. I, I love that Like, there's always the... Uh, oh, this is the avatar for all of the AI oh, things. Yes, yes, yes. Because we need something to punch. Because you can't punch a program, so you have to <laughs> punch like the embodiment of the program. Like, she's, like you said... I am the living embodiment of Sky One. Like, okay. It's like, so you thought to yourself to create a bipedal version of you? No, like, like, like you were just saying, you were undetectable, <laughs> you were untraceable, you existed in bits and particles, or spread across millions of fucking bytes of of memory. But now I can just see you and punch you in the face and yes. and, and, and all this. It is what it is. Um. I'm surprised it ain't good. This 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 sim seems fitting for like an Ultron story. Like I'm surprised they didn't try to hit up Marvel. Um, I feel like Ultron's done something to this level. I, I wish Ultron would. I'm been... thinking of the Ultron that used like 
Janet uh, uh, used Iron Man to turn him into Janet Van Dyne. Oh my god! Or something like that. Do we need to cover that here? But I'll, 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 I'll remind you what it is to see how far off I am. But there was something with a Janet Van Dyne esque, uh, silver automaton. Yeah, I feel like the biggest, um, the biggest thing that Ultron lost was um, they should have made him more of a blank slate, more robotic, mm. colder. But they had actively input all of the quips of Tony Stark into him, and thus... Oh, you, oh the movie one. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we could have gotten a little bit more of a threat Which of Which bothered me also because it felt like that's what the trailer sold. Yes. I was upset with the fact that he could blink. <laughs> I think Ultron has some of the, has some of the coolest... That that weird open eye, open mouth design of Ultron. Yeah, is so unhuman. It's inhuman. Yeah, it's, in, it's so in, inhuman. It's in his design. But now he's blinking, and he could probably whistle. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's a lot going on there. It's like the more you can relate to it, the less like horrifying it is. Right, which is why they talk. Uh, that's why they talk like this. It's like nobody talks like that. Yeah. Um. Yes. Are you ready to get into the final installment of this to, epic? I'm ready to knock this out. All right. In the final installment of this four-issue comic series, uh, it begins with a Terminator being taken down and recovered by Lex Luthor's men as he instructs them to take the robot into his lab. Without knowing up front, what did you think Lex was had up his sleeve? Uh, He was going to engineer it. Make his own? Yeah. Make his own uh, Lex Terminators? Yeah. I like that he oversees a scientist while he's trying to operate on the robot, hoping to find out more information. But uh, the dormant Terminator springs to life and kills the scientist. He basically just op- like does his eye beam, and the scientist just gets hit in the face and just falls over. Yes. Like, I don't know if his head came off, any of that stuff. Which, he- by the way, like, historically, they've never had eye beams. I was going to ask that. Nah. I understand that the eye is red. Yes. That there's a retina. There's a, there's a, there's a, a laser in there, probably, yes. that points. But there's, he's never shot laser no. beams from his eyes. No, they haven't. This is only to, I guess, to fight those those super people. I, I guess. Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. While the dormant Terminator springs to life and kills the scientists, Lex declares that the Terminators can no longer be underestimated, a.k.a. no more half measures, and uses a weight? It was like some weighted pillar yeah. to crush the Terminator. Probably some sort of reference to the hydraulic machine in Superman in Terminator uh, One, and in um, All Star Superman that he uses. Oh to, yes, that's right. To <laughs> lift right. a thousand suns. Didn't even consider that. Yeah. Um, I like, and I do think it's very in keeping with Lex that Lex was like, "Oh, I can't like k- turn this thing off with a button. Mm-hmm. I don't want it. I don't. Wa- I don't want to deal with this. This is a headache." Utter like, control. Yeah, I need to, like, I'll figure it out later on. And he tra- that, that's what he at least says he'll do. Uh-huh. We'll get to it later on. But right now, if it's not point and click, I'm not trying to deal with it. Nope. Because it is not listening. It's not listening. And he just, he basically just kills it. And he's like, yeah, we're not, uh, we're not taking any more chances with these things. Um, Superman returns to the past, the far-flung past of two, the year 2000. <laughs> And helps Supergirl and Superboy take out a fleet of Terminators before asking them where Lois, John, and Sarah were. Supergirl explains that John went missing, but that Lois and Sarah got a call from a payphone, and they were trying to track down where John made the call from. 
Superman meets up with Lois and Sarah and lets them know that he will return as soon as he can find John. And at an abandoned construction site, Cyborg Soups and Terminatrix... <laughs> just that sentence. <laughs> Cyborg <laughs> Soups and Terminatrix are distracted long enough for John to dump concrete on them. Nice. Very 90s. <laughs> Very wet bandits. Um, <laughs> and uh, they shake off the attack and attempt to attack John. But dun, 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 dun. the big blue boy Scott appears and saves him from the bad guys. He rips Terminatrix's arm off. <laughs> yeah, the way he plays these robots, bro. He rips Terminatrix's arm off and then he choke slams uh, Cyborg Superman like on his neck. <laughs> and then it's basically like, y'all done. Like, what else are you going to do? He, Superman. Yeah. And so. Come on now. Embarrassed and defeated, Cyborg comes up with an idea, and he fuses with the Terminatrix, and they become one big hulking mass of medicine. That Terminatrix did not consent. No, she did not. But I'll tell you one thing. I absolutely love that this weird, you know, Terminatrix, Borg, Superman thing has a weird, a weird part of a face. Right. (laughs) Has a weird shred of skin. And an eyebrow. <laughs> it was the weirdest. It was the most jacked up, like it was imagery. Disgusting. The jacked up imagery, a hundred percent. But yeah, now they're this big hulky massive machine. Elsewhere, Lex assists the super team by shooting a pulsed microwave beam at them that feeds a virus right into the Terminator's. Whoa! Right into the Terminator's brains. The Terminator succumbs to the virus. As Superman b- battles a horrific cyborg Terminator hybrid, um, there was a little bit, there was a little bit there, there, right about like um, maybe Lex is not gonna help the Super Team, right? But I mean, come on, he he'll rather hang out with these guys than hang out with the Terminators. Eh, it's the devil, you know. Yes, exactly. A damn, it's Kryptonian devil. <sighs> Does Krypton have a devil? They have a god. Uh, I only know about the god. I know about Rao. That's that's that'll be a cool thing to um explore explore like a like a weird religious uh figure, um bah, bah, bah. the Terminators to come to the microwave beam, uh as Superman battles oh, I said that the hybrid beats on Clark pretty convincingly until Supergirl uses one of Lex's microwave beams to administer a virus into it. At first, the hybrid machine seems unaffected, and I I wrote that down because it was like. This will never work. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and then it's like, oh, no, what's happening? <laughs> it literally went through the stages of grief that I do when I'm like, I don't understand why people say White Castle has, you know, oh my God. adverse effects. And then I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> the virus. <laughs> I thought I had I thought I thought had an immunity. Um, oh, but no, n- none of that is to be had. Um, and so... It eventually succumbs to the virus, and the two beings separate. I have to look at this again, and you look at it when you get a chance. Mm. But I'm pretty sure that Superman just leaves the two broken robots on the floor. <laughs> Doesn't like arrest them or try to put them somewhere. None of that. None of that happens. Not on ice. No. He leaves them on the floor. And I know because Cyborg Superman basically shakes his fist and is like, you haven't seen the last of me. I'll show you. And I thought that was pretty funny. Um, And then again, again with the same plan, Superman and his super family grab up every Terminator, just, you know, every Terminator that's there. (laughs) 
fused them into a large ball of molten metal. And I don't know if you saw, but this was uh, aided by Supergirl's telekinesis. Uh, I, I think notice. Superboys as well, which there's we're gonna have to dive into uh, where all of that takes. I didn't place. notice that at all. Do not understand what any of that I was takes too place busy. Is. I was too busy just uh, amusing myself with like, oh, we just decided to make a Quest for Peace reference. <laughs> quest for Peace. Oh, just just throw it into the sun. Yeah. If it bothers you, just throw it into the sun. That's how you do it. Keeping his promise, he returns to John to his mom, Sarah, and reminds John that even though he's proud of the good work he did today, he would do much grander things in the future hinting at his eventual future as a resistance leader. Elsewhere... But why would he be a resistance leader? Now? If there's no if there's no judgment there. Elsewhere, Lex ponders more about the Terminators. He claims to have always known of their existence, but seems determined to recreate them and Skynet in his own image and in his own timeline, with Luther as the leader of the cyborg revolution. The end. God damn it, Luther. Always in some stupid... Um, I would have liked to see... This almost had too much tie-in. Okay. And this happens with crossovers, where it's like, you have half of the sandwich, and I have half of the sandwich, so let's just mush them together, where I feel like us together could make a new sandwich. Yeah. You know? They can make a new story, they can make new lore, but that takes too long. Yeah. And so you might as well just throw the, uh, the starter kit all together, <laughs> T eight hundred, you know the T eight hundred. Get him naked, Kid John, Supergirl, Superboy, oh Lex Luthor. Like it's all the things you know. Yeah. So it should be a, it should be a quick and easy, um, quick and easy digestible story. What did you think? Did you think it was missing anything? Could you have added anything? Um, anything you wanted to see? I'm actually hard. surprised that there's no Arnold Schwarzenegger Terminator in this. Yeah, I guess I I I, I guess I am somewhat, but like, because you could just call the Superman versus Skynet. The For the thing. most part, be the same, be the same story. Like there's not a lot, like there's not a lot happening if you were to follow Superman in the sense that like, like um, we're in the present timeline. He gets whiffed off. We come back. He kills everything. But like I guess that's the problem. It's too easy. Yeah. So we take Superman off the board. He goes through a different adventure. Even when they built Terminators better to kill him. Yeah. He then left that timeline. Right. And went to go kill the Terminators that don't know how to kill him. I did. I did enjoy this idea that there was this boy. Like, we had a sophisticated strategical move for the Terminators. Yes. Where like this, the fight uh, they're stuck in a, a numbers fight with uh, Matrix and Superboy, which is the distraction, so that yeah. the other ones can go hunt down Connor. A child. Yeah. So that the embodiment of Skynet, or one of the embodiments of Skynet. And a literal cyborg Superman right. can track down a 90s kid, which happens to be the most deadliest creature Extreme. in all the... Yeah, that's the, the the deadliest game. You beat him with some uh, cans of paint. That Cans of paint and, 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 and concrete. Yeah. Um, I, I, if I was the Connors, I would never leave. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure they've Metropolis had... Metropolis is the safest place. I'm pretty sure they've won wars with Terminators before, but... Literally three super-powered people are helping you in this war. Yeah, why ever leave? Right. Hang out with them. Get adopted by uh, <laughs> by Superman, John. Get it? I mean, that makes a lot of sense. You think, yeah, he saw this kid. He's like, you know what? I, I had like a kid named John one day. Right. And yep. he just, you know, gets uh, gets uh, Sarah a job with the planet. <laughs> That's it. I mean, uh, I do feel like there's a potential wasted here, but what potential if this was just a cash grab? 
uh, a quaint one at that, especially for especially for like two companies who are just working together to make this money. I'm going to look up now the Terminator comics. I'm wi- I'm interested in seeing uh, if what other crossovers exist. Because money is I don't money. know too many about crossovers. I know I just know that they tried to do some continuations. So there's one I heard about called Cybernetic Dawn, which is like another kind of Terminator Three. Another kind of Terminator. Like it's it's post Terminator Two and everything that happens from there on. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's a bunch. There's like the Enemy Within, Hunters and Killers, Endgame. RoboCop versus Terminator. Ah, uh, yes. Matter that fact, was a video game I played quite often. That's how we're going to end this. I'm going to <laughs> name some crossovers, and you tell me which one you're the most uh, interested in. Interested in, Just on title. <laughs> so you got RoboCop versus Terminator. Alien versus Predator versus Terminator. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, hold on. Oh, there's a Terminator 2 Judgment Day comic written by Marvel Comics. Oh, okay. That's Those are usually amusing. But Marvel didn't do any of the other crossovers. Did you need Alien and Predator and Terminator? Yeah. Yes. guess so. Terminator. That's, that's, oh, that's Spanish. <laughs> that's not. Cybernetic Dawn, Nuclear Twilight. <laughs> These all sound like... Before the rise, before the rise, eye of the rise, and fragmented. I think there's a bunch of books too that are just like, um, the the future war fight books. Okay. Kind of like how there's a bunch of Star Wars books that are just about the military men. Yes. There's also oh, so there's RoboCop uh versus Terminator, but then there's also RoboCop and Terminator. Nice. Well, I guess they're they're best friends. Um, Buddy cops. I actually thought there would have been a lot more crossovers here. Robocop, I guess, is yeah, is like that. I mean, that that makes Robocop a lot of sense. is the big one because they got a video game. Robocop, um, I'm not familiar with the man property. Oh, the property. Okay. I I know what the man looks like. Yes, I know that he's best friends with Sting. But besides, <laughs> but besides <laughs> I live to pop you on this podcast. God damn it! So <laughs> so. Past that, I don't know much about the guy. I don't know much about um, uh, Robocop. Does he fit in with a lot of the Terminator stuff? In the sense Wouldn't that... Wouldn't he be more emotional than Arnold? Um, the crux of Robocop is always that he struggles with how much of him is man or machine. Cyborg. Yes. I got you. <laughs> Cyborg's a lot more emotional, though. Because Cyborg's a lot of person... With a lot of cybernetic parts on him. Uh, a freaking monster. You're not a monster. Who said I was talking about me? You know you were talking about you, Vince. <laughs> you know you was talking about you. You were sitting in that hoodie in that kitchen the whole night waiting for your dad to come home just to give him some sass. <laughs> Somebody needs to give these black science dads more respect. Black science dads. Black science dads. It's a Facebook group. Um, um, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but... I I don't know. Like it it's Is there it, a company a that thing. created Robocop? Yes. Um like a, like a like a capitalist company? Like, yes. Like okay. it, it, in the remake it's with um what's his name? Uh Oh, isn't it um from Suicide Squad? 
No, he is Robocop. Joe yeah, Kinnaman. Yeah, yeah. He is Robocop. Um, Joe McKinnon is yes. Robocop. And, but, uh, what's his names? The names. Uh, Michael Keaton okay. is playing the guy who owns the company that is manufacturing them. So he's the Steve Jobs of the world. Yes. And um, the other actor, uh, Commissioner Gordon. Uh, from from Justice League? Dark Knight. Um, uh, Oldman. Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman is like the science guy doing the, all the work. Okay. So like they're all putting it together. So it's, it's always like how much of the man is machine and how much is him. Is this is is he created to be the first in a line? Yes. Okay. It's it's all about a uh, a new project that they have coming in where they a can... better face for the police force, I guess. Better... I guess so. Because they need PR. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. Uh, oh, and... actually, um, that sort of project is kind of the the plot for that Avengers game. AI. Yes. Oh. Or rather robotics. Because, like, like you, you've seen the ads for it. Yes. So, like, there's that whole thing that goes down in California. It all goes wrong. Blah, 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 blah. Superheroes are, I don't know if they're outlawed, but they are ousted and, like, publicly shamed. Yeah. And, Pariahs. And, yeah. That's when um, AIM steps in. And AIM starts pushing uh, the robots on these people. I feel you. Yeah. They are autonomous. They are made to do a job. They're they, simple. They, they, yeah, their ju- their judgment isn't clouded because they're not humans. They right. don't have emotions. Right. Stuff like that. Oh, interesting. So interesting. there's always that sort of like, but the robots are better. Yes. I mean, what humans and emotions? Screw that. Right. It's almost it almost sounds a bit like what they did with when they brought in the Dark Reign. Like, yes. you don't want the, these flawed guys. We got we got your whole a brand right. new batch. Which is an argument I've also gotten in a lot of times. Not to not to get like too deep on this one, but it's also an argument I get in a lot um, with you as a military man yeah. when they start talking about like, like let's take out the soldiers and put in drones. I was like, no. Yes. No. Because yeah, it's that guy isn't it gets to make the judgment call. I go, that, that, that goes bad so many ways. Yeah. And they, do you remember when they try to do that, they try to make a point uh, of that in um, Green Lantern. He, do they? Yeah, because he's, so long it's him it. versus the drone, the un- the unmanned okay. planes, and he shows them that they they they're basically brain dead. Like they'll follow him to wherever, and one of the places is out of orbit, where they I guess get iced up right. and then they crash right. or whatever. They didn't figure out the ice bomb. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that <laughs> that, that that basically that. But um, yeah, I I still like I'm still scratching my head because I don't understand this would seems to be like the prime time. To, to go into tech phobia. <laughs> to go into tech phobia, but they're not they're not going into it. Um and I guess maybe because we're 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 hand in hand with these things. You know? At, there was a time where people didn't want a, a a cell phone in their car. Right. Now some people are walking around with two phones. Now they have apparatuses for you to put for you to stand the phone up so you can voice answer and voice text. Without taking your eye off the road. Madness. We were scared about like um, having fingerprints on file, and now they have our retinas, face recognition. Now you use it to all open your phone. All that stuff. Um, where do you draw the line in this in this Terminator slash Black Mirror world? <laughs> do you have Freaking a Black a, Mirror? Do you have a tech line that you will not cross? Just autonomy. 
autonomy. Just, I am just completely uncomfortable with AI. With just robots doing everything. Yes. Okay. I've I I uh I've always been uncomfortable with the idea of like further advancements of AI. I'm just yes. like like we've written movies about this. You know what was a good <laughs> what was a good uh practice in exp- like showing that and explaining that um Westworld. Mm. First season of Westworld has a bunch of uh, it's a amu- basically an amusement park no spoilers where um it's a western themed amusement park right. where everyone besides the patrons are rob- are ridiculously accurate human robots right. with feelings memories humanoid but, robots yes but they all have written into them a story like their mm. plight in the world okay. they have their own back they get yeah they have their own backstories right. without being ever born or any of that kind of stuff they all have backstories so like this one's backstory that he it's related to that one right and so every day they wake up and they're related like that's their thing and so it plays around with the idea of like um what happens if it becomes sentient and realizes What's a backstory? What's this? Right. What's that? And all that kind of stuff. And they, people gravitated towards that show. Is Terminator not s- smart enough? Is Terminator not... When you saw um, Salvation, did it feel science fiction-y enough? Or was it just an action movie with like flares of science fiction? Uh, probably the last one. Okay. Uh, I think... I think Terminator always like... Dances around a level of, of an intelligent subject matter, but for the most part, like it has to get to the action. Okay. Um. At the same time, it also has run out of ideas of what to do with its subject matter, especially because it is it is boxed in by its supposed future plot. Well, yeah. When you consider that Terminator One was literally on, we need to do these things to not get here. Yes. Um. And that's literally been the plot of every Terminator right. film at this time. It's trying to change fate. Trying to well, change no, history. see, it was the plot of the first two films is like, try to not get here. The yeah. plot of every film after that is, we're, this is going to happen. Yeah. We need to get to the other thing. Yeah, yeah. We're going to try to stave it off. We need to get to John Connor making it to the thing. Have you played as a T-800 in Mortal Kombat? I have not. No? Not I, it's all right. Yeah? I want to mention that. I, to mention I saw that a lot of the video. I saw a lot of the videos... That uh, showed all the references, and I appreciated that. Yeah, yeah. Those yeah. are fun. I think, um, I do think that the character's cool t- to have around, but again, um, I, what is Terminator without Arnold Schwarzenegger? It, can there be one? And I, I, I'm, it, because I think the story would have been spiced up a bit more if we would have had, was it John Candy or whatever his name is? Oh my God. Uh, uh show up and, uh, do his a great American accent. Um, like I said, I think I think anything could work out in a sense that if you can figure out something compelling with it. Um, I'm trying to think. Like I'm pretty sure we've had remakes of things that you never expected to work out, but they did. Yeah. Uh, uh, something remake. was coming to my it. Uh, it it worked out pretty well, especially with like a prolific actor as the clown. Yeah. Uh, it's done pretty well for itself. Uh, it's and, uh, I was gonna say always oh, an odd sentence. Yes. Um, that's the first one I thought about. <laughs> I'm having trouble. There's that. I, I keep thinking of Blade Runner, but Blade Runner is technically just a fall-on sequel. Yeah, it's a sequel. Yeah. But like, you could you could probably get away with more movies with that actor. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't seen Gosling? it. Huh? Ryan Gosling. Yes. Yeah. I haven't seen it. I didn't watch the movie. What? Me either. But <laughs> I've never seen the first Blade Runner, so it was just like, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Um, it, it, we, we got away with Mad Max. I yeah, never true. thought that would work. And you were talking about sequels decades after the the original. And yeah. Like that. That, that definitely worked. Uh, Is that a sequel? I'm, I, I'm assuming it's taking place in the same universe. Like, maybe a side quote? I don't know, because, like, Mad Max is the same person. It's one person, or rather, Max is one person, but, like, now it's oh, Tom... Oh, so you think it was a reboot in I, the time? I thought it was, because, like, now it's Tom Hardy, and it's whatever. Uh, Mad Max, George Romero. He was supposed to do a Justice League movie. Was he? Yeah, he was going to... It was going to have, um... Damn it. The guy they're always talking about to have to do shit. Um... Man. Brody, Brody, uh, something Brody. Adrian Brody? Yeah, I think Adrian Brody was supposed to be the Flash. Um, it's a whole thing. It was gonna be called Justice League Mortal, and it was gonna end with Batman snapping Maxwell Lord's neck live on television. I'll take that from Diana. Right. Let that girl live. Um. Plus, like, like you would you would give that to Batman, the person who is so not about the murder. And and take it from Diana, who's Diana, who's always been like, I'm ready to go there if you want to go there. Yeah, <laughs> Diana is always ready. She go through several steps, yeah. but if she is ready to go there, that's another person. Like you know, Superman is like playful with his restraint. Yeah, Wonder Woman ain't. Nah, she's like so now the rope, so now the sword, I, so now the. <laughs> I ride with a sword. Like, yeah, like what do you think? What do you think this is for? <laughs> All right, tell me what you think about this random uh, side side quote. Talk about Just League Mortal before we wrap up. Um, Army Hammer as Bruce Wayne Batman. I thought they wanted him as uh, as Hal. No, Hal Jordan is <laughs> not in this film. Oh, they've wanted Army Hammer to be Hal Jordan for so many years, and he's just like, I'm not doing it. So I'm this film was supposed to take place. It was going to deal with the Omax and stuff. And Omax and... um. God damn Omax. It's going to deal with Omax and Maxwell Lord. Uh, and so, yeah. So you have Army Hammer as Batman. Mm-hmm. Coming in as the Man of Steel is DJ Cotrona. I do not know who that is. Sure. Megan Gale as Wonder Woman. Don't know who that is. Adam Brody. Oh, I said Adrian. Adam Brody as The Flash. Okay. Hugh K. Hugh K's born as Martian Manhunter. Sure. Teresa Palmer as Talia Al Ghul. Random. Zoe Kazan as Iris Allen. Sure. Iris West Allen. Santiago Cabrera as Aquaman. <laughs> Aquaman's Hispanic. Jay Baruco, Baruto as Max. Uh, oh, Jay Burchell? Yeah. Wow. As Maxwell Lord. That really? Works? Does that work? No? No. <laughs> I like him, but no. Anton Yelchin as The Flash. He was Kyle Reese. Slash Wally West. It was Kyle Reese. Oh, really? In um, Salvation. The future one. Yeah. And last but not least, I left this as last but not least, playing John Stewart Green Lantern, Common. Stop it. Common. No. They were going to film mid-July 2008. But then... Uh, it's just a graveyard of DC movies that never happened. And they're so bad. We got that's gonna that's gonna be a show all in itself, right? We're gonna just talk about just, all just the... talking about like the, pers- the the what ifs and the perspectives. If you want to laugh, hmm. I'm I'm talking in universe with UGT, and I'm talking to everyone who's who's listening to the okay. podcast. Go back and listen to our episode where we discussed the DC cinematic universe. It was us talking about the slate of movies all the way up until to I think 2022, <gasps> oh my God. and all the movies they they claim to have come out 
before they got canceled, we talked about them earnestly, like what we thought was gonna happen, Green Lantern Corps, all those things, and you realize, yes, you realize how many of those things never even got close. I'm still looking at you, Flash movie. Like, what's what's going he on? He is movie? adamant that they are making that movie. What's going on with that thing? Don't make no damn sense to me. But I don't know what's going on over there in DC. But over here, as part of the Major Issues podcast, we're still putting out an episode every single Wednesday uh, to you guys. So One of them will likely be about Birds of Prey. So yes. we're there. Oh, we're coming. Um, so thank you guys for listening to this episode. Uh, Hopefully you like it enough to like, share, and subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend, and just spread the word of all things other major issues podcast. Like the fact that you can find us wherever podcasts are found. Podbean, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, the Apple Podcast app, Google Play, YouTube. Um, we're on TuneFind. We're on Spotify. We are literally wherever podcasts are found, and usually where most music is found. If you can find us on music, you can find us on, uh, on there. We're over a hundred episodes deep. The next big thing coming our way is the annual, yes. um, our our two year anniversary, um, into podcasting. Two years almost. Yes, this show is uh, passing a hundred episodes, passing two years. Thank you guys. The likes, uh, I mean the um, the numbers are climbing. For the episodes, we got more listeners than ever. So, soon we have to discuss the DC slate that did work. Yes, yes, we will. Um, and that's the thing. We blew our load on a lot of topics in the first two years. <laughs> you understand? It's gonna. I'm, I'm actually actively looking forward to c- c- coming up with more creative and out-of-the-box um, ideas of things to podcast on. But also allowing them to just keep handing us episodes hand over foot. Yes, yes, yes. Um, next week, we'll be uh, diving into 1990s. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Ah, yeah. You want to talk about an OG comic property right there? Um, but now by I want to say Nickelodeon owns it. Oh, Viacom owns it now. So they're just oh, gonna, is it? They're they're gonna put out cartoons. <laughs> I've never known the ownership history of that title. Just, just now, I think like in two thousand eight or maybe something like that. Two thousand nine. Um, the original owners owned it when they first. Uh, li- li- Lillard and Eastman. Okay. Uh, the original uh, writer and author duo owned the comics. But eventually, it got turned into a cartoon series in the 80s and then a movie in the 90s. We'll be covering that movie and hopefully being able to read some comics in, in, in the meantime. I'm going to dive into those early Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comics. Um, I heard that they're all the same color. Like, first of all, I heard the majority of it's in black and white. Yes. Also, and they, quite violent. They're not color coordinated, they're no. all red. Yeah. Um, uh, so that's interesting to get into. But I want to see what, they, what the originators were trying to tap into. Versus what it what what it's become. It's interesting. I definitely want to get into that next week. So you guys go watch the 1990s movie. Go read some of the early <laughs> comics, um, and then come back next week to uh, talk about it because that's what we'll be covering next week. Uh, another favor you can do for us: rate and review us on iTunes. It's the quickest way for us to grow as podcasters um, and find out what you guys like and don't like about the show. So that's awesome. Another way you can reach out to us is by hitting us up across all social media at facebook.com slash comic book click, Instagram at comic book click, or use the hashtag comic book click to talk about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. I'm at Major Issues CBC on Twitter. That's the official Major Issues uh, Twitter handle. Uh, I think, uh, Gregory, you have. I am at RebirthGT. That is my Twitter handle to be used at any time. Uh, RebirthGT. We got some things cooking. As far as possibly a website, as far as possibly more video content, as far as 
possibly mm-hmm. more guest hosts. But there's only one way to find out what exactly we're going to be having cooking as part of Major Issues Podcast, and that's to be here every single week. Like I said, 101 weeks thus far, we haven't even broke one, and that is something to celebrate. Hopefully, we get to the future that I saw and not the future that as, mm-hmm. as depicted in this comic, because I've been to the future where we do become the latest, uh, the biggest, hottest, latest, and greatest thing to come to comic books and comic book media. Um, hopefully, we go there into that future and not into the crazy Skynet. My blender's going to kill me. My, <laughs> my Bluetooth headphones are actively fighting against me uh, situation. Yeah, nothing with a... Nothing with a you know mechanical magic toaster, but I think that's it. I think that's I think that is all. But uh, as far as we are concerned, in this past and this future, you guys have done the necessary thing to make sure that we keep on keeping on. So guess what? You're gonna have to listen every single week because then the future will change and we won't exist, and then everything will disappear. So make sure that oh. you're listening every single week to the Major Issues podcast. My name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don. I'm Gregory Thomas, a.k.a. GT Rebirth. And this has been our beautifully wonderful crossover of Superman vs. Terminator Death to the Future. And remember, whether or not you're some weird protoplasmic matrix that can have (laughs) telekinetic powers and flame wings, whether or not you're just into some mishaps with the wet bandits, some concrete, and some paint cans, whether you protected time travel technology where you're coming in with your clothes on. Yes. (laughs) Or whether this is the future that's always been intended, where we become the latest and greatest in comic books and comic book media. Remember that you, yes, you, are worthy.